that between old school camps and this new wave of rap Welcome back, Rebounders. You're here today on the Inoffensive Rebound. I'm Timmy Bracket Bunker, and alongside me... Stuart Solon, right? Now, sideline, as the name suggests, we're into the most exciting part of the NBA season by far. I'm not talking about the annual screenshot of Draymond Green's dick. Ooh. I'm talking about the playoffs and... The brackets, the confusion, figuring out where things are. Of course, although it is a great coincidence that the bracket and the screenshot always coincide at the same time of year. Absolutely. Um, And before we get into the mania of the playoffs and who's playing who and what we're looking forward to, a shout out to the greatest bracket of them all. Hoop growth, of course. Now, I'm sure all the rebounders out there uh, will be delighted to hear about this new offer from Hoop Growth. With every Hoop Growth purchase over the price of $50, you get one free facial mask. To take advantage of this offer, head to hoopgrowth.com.ph. Beautiful. Now, I've been hearing on the street touches sideline that you've received a number of facials recently. Uh, is this in relation to your hoop growth offer? Un- unrelated. Unrelated. Yes, but also true. Okay. Can confirm. Um, now, sideline, it's been a pretty wild ride to the last week of the NBA season. It, it has been. A number of teams had their playoff future left up until that final week. Yep. Uh, in particular, in the West, there were some interesting matchups. You know, it came down to the final game of the season for two teams. It certainly did. So one of those teams, of course, would be the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, yes. spoiler alert, did win the final game of the season and did end up into the going into the playoffs. And of course, they beat the Denver Nuggets. Yes, who, was... which I very inaccurately described as one of my hype teams of the uh, of the season, and they they went down in overtime to Minnesota, and it, it was an amazing game. It was. Uh, I would say that probably Denver's their uniform game probably let them down in the end. Yeah, for a team that's had such a historically strong uniform to have pulled out a, it's a, 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 a boring white it, uniform, it no was. reference to the chicken McNugget at all. No, pretty boring in, in all. Uh, and now we're left to a pretty wide open race. I would say in many respects in both the East and the West. Yes. Sideline, your thoughts? Which competition, at least at this first round, is giving you giving you more interest? What are you more interested in? Uh, so I'm more interested in the East at the moment. I think the stronger teams are in the West, but I think that the matchups in the East are probably the ones that will lead to the most amount of upsets. So I'm particularly interested in the Bucks versus Celtics. So of course this is the. Second seed versus the seventh seed. Yes. But I believe that the seventh seed are going in the stronger team. And yeah. I believe that the Bucks will come out victorious in this one. And this is mainly down to the Greek freak himself, Andy Dekumba? Just or? my own personal feeling, my own vibe. Okay. And then a little bit for the Greek freak as well, because he is excellent. And then, of course, I guess Boston's very lengthy injury list. So there's Kyrie out, Gordon Hayward, of course. Yeah. Uh, they've got a number of other pieces. I think Marcus Smart is still out as well. Yes, So great. you think that... Boston is going to lose that first round. I certainly do. And uh, I don't know if you've mentioned three big injuries there, but there's actually a fourth one that I've got noted here. So you might not have heard the news during the week, but uh, sadly, we also had a, another injury to the to the Boston Celtics. So Who, Gordon, Gordon Hayward's dog tore his ACL. Oh, really? Really, yes. Uh, do we have a name of this dog? Woof. Woof, okay. Yes. So poor old Woof tore his ACL. Did, do we know whether this was during you know, basketball or... Gordon Hayward took out his rage and just sort of tore his dog. He's like, you know, if I can't run, you can't run, Fido. Look, that's a that's a very good rumour that we should start spreading, but no, it wasn't Gordon Hayward that, that broke it. So he was actually... So Gordon Hayward was playing a one-on-one game against his dog because he kind of, you know, felt really bad about not taking the court pretty much all season, you know, not making a basketball season, really felt like he had to take advantage of, you know, a lesser, lesser man or a lesser individual, perhaps. Uh-huh. And then... When he took he took the expression breaking the opponent's ankle a little too far, and so when he took to the dog with a baseball bat, everyone thought, "Gordon, you've you've gone too far." I think we can all say right now, Gordon, 
you've gone too far. Yes. This is this is not right at all. Leave Paul Wolf alone. I look, I agree entirely, and I think this is also gonna hinder the Celtics approach to the this first round in the final series. I think it'll be another factor as to why they will not get past the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, well staying on the East then for a moment, we've got another yeah. interesting matchup and that's between the Miami Heat and the 76ers. And there's another big injury there as well. Probably not as big as Wolf, Gordon Hayward's dog. No, not. But Joel, Joel Embiid. Yes, so obviously the facial fracture that he received oh, about four four weeks ago, roughly. Yeah, when I think one of his teammates like kneed him in the face or something like that. Yeah, that sounds like a typical NBA injury. It's always teammate-related these days. Yeah, and JaVale McGee was not even there, apparently. Yeah, not even teammates anymore, which is bizarre, considering they've always played in the same franchise. So so we've got this pretty ugly facial fracture to Joel Embiid, yes. uh, which we'll come to in a moment. But do you think it's going to hamper the 76ers' prospects for... I would think for them, success would be making the conference finals. Uh, no, I don't think it'll hamper them, because I do expect to Embiid to return before the 76ers get knocked out, and I think that they will come account for Miami whether Embiid plays or not and then I think by the time we get through the second round Embiid will certainly be back on the court okay and I think the biggest thing facing Embiid though is not just coming back and readjusting to the rotation it's getting used to this face mask he's going to have to wear yeah so he's, he's taken an interesting approach so you've we've seen face masks you know, many times throughout the last 20, Kyrie's 30 years. Probably, Kyrie probably most famous recently with his white sort of face mask or clear face mask. Sorry. Yeah, and then you've obviously got LeBron, Kobe, other big names that have, you know, done the face mask and, you know, really kind of added to their presence a little bit. And so I think Embiid really wants to show them up to really have a, you know, a great presence with the face mask by wearing a black face mask. Now, we're not getting racial here at all in the inoffensive rebound. We never do, of course. No, absolutely not. Never, Unless not once. about the fucking Germans. Oh, those fucking Germans. They started yeah, it. They did. All right, sorry, back up. Okay, sorry. yes. And so, so Embiid is going with the blackface mask option. Okay, so he's blackfacing. He, yes, he is. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, LeBron, who is obviously very vocal when it comes to these issues, hasn't been vocal yet, but that's probably because he is currently on a social media ban, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that Embiid has been practicing and training with this blackface mask, despite the fact it's not league approved. And so... He still is waiting for the NBA to approve the blackface mask because otherwise he'll have to revert back to a clear or a white one, which I believe fogs up a little bit more. And so it's an interesting approach that he isn't training for this kind of worst-case scenario and he's just hoping for the best. Yeah, I think it is interesting. I mean, I don't really understand how a clear face mask can, can fog up, but a black one doesn't. But I'm no scientist, so no. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's, you know, it's very plausible. Being a scientist, I can say that, yes, you are incorrect in that it definitely does fog up more okay thank you very much for that yep. but I agree I mean worst case scenario they don't approve it for whatever mm. racist reasons they can think of yep. uh, and then he's left with a clear one which he hasn't even practiced with yeah so it's it's. I think it's a little bit of uh, Embiid being a bit naive that's that's kind of how it's coming across to me how do, how do you feel about the whole situation I, I feel probably less strong about his face mark as I do about his rehabilitation therapy which rather than sort of trying to stay good, like he said, he's lost about five uh, five pounds already in these couple of weeks off. Like yep. he's not lifting as much because he's scared of his face. And then otherwise he's just been, I think, hitting up celebrities for dates. Not just any celebrity, Rihanna. Ooh. The old, the old, oh, I don't want to call her foe, but the, uh, you know, the, the lady that, you know, he's kind of gone to and fro with a little bit on Twitter. It's a classic love story. You know, yes, she holds is. out for a long time. He pesters her. He tries to get consent. She says no. Yes. You know, that, you know, before the whole Weinstein saga ruined that love story. Of course. Yeah. Um, but, so what's happening there, Sidelon? So very similar themes to what you've just described. So basically, after previous attempts to uh, try and get a date with Rihanna via Twitter, 
Um, and then eventually get into a stage where he tried to deny his love for Rihanna over Twitter. And so obviously he tried to show that he'd moved on. But, you know, obviously with Rihanna never in the first place kind of showing any interest. He's then gone back to Rihanna on April 1st, but after midday. So, of course, no April Fool's April. there. Um, and this is immediately after his facial surgery as well, I should point out. He has tweeted at Rihanna, Babe, are you single or nah? Just left it at that. I mean, it's succinct. It's yes. a... It's a- it's, I mean, I respect the question. It's very yes. just putting it out there. Have we got a response yet from Riri? No Riri response. Okay, very interesting. Well, it doesn't bode well for him. No. It's quite nice. It's a very romantic gesture. Like the first thing he does when he comes out of surgery, yeah. you know, he's probably thought about his life so far, hasn't liked what he's seen. I think so, yeah. And, and thought, I need to tweet Rihanna immediately. That's exactly what's happened here. And it's a shame that Rihanna hasn't gotten back to Embiid, you know, but, you know, there's still, you know, two months left in the playoff. Maybe it could be the perfect end to this love story perhaps I mean the other sort of facet to it which I like is Embiid who's a perennial defensive player of the year contender he's renowned for blocking people Mm. right now he's getting a taste of his own rejection he certainly is and he is a real Twitter troll Yeah. so maybe he's getting that kind of troll action back in his direction yeah that's right I mean it was only I think four or five weeks ago that a couple of weeks before his injury, actually, that Embiid had played more minutes in the NBA than his tweets. Yes. He'd played something like 1,500 minutes in the NBA and he'd tweeted 426 times. So, yes. I mean, it's good that he's catching up now and really getting back with those tweets. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. But whether this will mean that the 76ers flag a bit in the playoffs, who knows? Mm, I agree. Now, sticking on the East and with injuries, <clears throat> I'm going to bring up a team who didn't quite make the playoffs. But uh, Chris Dunn, he missed the last five games of the season with injury. Do you want to have a guess? What the injury was? Uh, is this the guy that shattered his teeth when going for a dunk? No, it wasn't. That wasn't Chris Dunn. Okay. Chris Dunn injured his toe. Oh. A toe injury kept him out for five games. Five games for yes. the toe. I mean, I would give my toe to play in the NBA. Of course. Yeah, even even just what five minutes, I would imagine, let alone yeah. five games. I am saying right now, Chris Dunn, that is pathetic. Yeah, you're a real piece of shit, Chris Dunn. I mean, I don't know who you play for or anything like that, but... Irrelevant. Yeah. You, but you did make the playoffs. Yeah, so... Recently, I've gotten rid of Dwight Howard, of course, on my most yes. uh, most keen to fight. Yes, Chris Dunn, you're on that list now. I'm but, coming for you, and you'll just be limping towards me. But if I, if you want to get a hint as to what team Chris Dunn plays for, he plays for Guy Smith's favorite team, Chicago Bulls. Yes, thank you. Um, now, look, sticking on the East, we've got a few other matchups we need to talk about. So maybe we should quickly touch on the Toronto Washington matchup, which we've seen one game already. Yeah. So today we had the Raptors against the Wiz. Um, yep. The Raptors came into this game with some terrible form in their game ones. So the last 10 game ones of the playoffs they've lost. Yes. This was the first... 2001 was the last time they won the first game of a playoff series. Yeah, so they've come in with some terribly bad luck. And it looked for like perhaps three quarters that the Wizards were going to continue this trend before, spoiler alert, the Raptors won. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and some put it down to Serge Ibaka having a great game, others Lowry and DeRozan. For me, it was uh, Drake who was on the sideline, as ever, of course. wearing an interesting clothes choice. Ooh, what was he wearing? He was wearing a, um ice hockey jersey, yeah. which was dedicated to the victims of the recent um, the Canadian ice hockey team that the bus crashed and they all died. Okay. Um, question is, was this the sacrifice that the Raptors needed? Uh, I could say, yes, it was. <laughs> I'm glad we've touched on the subject. Yeah. Is well, that how you feel about this? No, I don't. I just think it was in poor taste, Drake. Uh, yes. You know, you can't just be sacrificing school teams for the for the love of the Raptors. Okay, well, we've seen one sacrifice for one win. Obviously, to win an entire playoff series, you have to win 16 games. What are the 50 other sacrifices you envision that Drake will offer to the Canadian gods? I'm, I'm giving a warning right now. 
kids stay at home. Okay. If you see Drake prowling around, you know, playing with buses and brake lines and things like that, just just get back, get off the bus. Yeah, of course. Um, because no sacrifice is worth it, especially not for the Raptors. I mean, for the Clippers, anything would I would make any sacrifice. Of course. So then, you know, we're, we're staying away from children, obviously. What about, you know, some of the politicians? Justin Trudeau, is he, is he likely to... He's, he's fair game. I think if he needs to be sacrificed for the greater good, send him into Syria or something like that. Another famous Canadian Justin, but Bieber. I mean, yeah, Bieber, the Bieber fever. What about Drake himself, the ultimate sacrifice? Look, I don't think Drake will go too early on that. I think he'll wait till they, you know, get somewhere near potentially just the Eastern Conference Finals or maybe even beyond that after looking strong. But Yeah, I mean... I think, though, that the Raptors, beyond just these sacrifices, it's just great. They're playing amazingly at the moment. They've got yeah. a very strong bench. I'm, I reckon they're going to sweep the Wizards. a pathetic team, the Wizards, really, this season. So they're going to get swept easily. Look, I agree. And then that probably leads to a potential uh, Toronto uh, matchup somewhere in the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you think they'll get beyond the second round as well? Yeah, so I've got Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, where I think they're going to lose to the Cavs. Lose to the Cavs, okay. So that's the other matchup perhaps we should talk about. Um, so Cleveland, Indiana? Cleveland, Indiana. And coming back to something that you've previously mentioned on this podcast sideline, the biggest news, I think, is LeBron. Yes, of course. Once again, staying off all social media for the playoffs. Yeah, so it's not just him saying, though, he's going to disengage from his social media accounts. He has a bit of a weird term for it. He, what does he call it? He calls it Zero Dark Thirty. Well, it is dark. I agree with that, but I don't understand the zero nor thirty. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a bit confused about whether it's him staying off social media or if it's him invading Pakistan. <laughs> I mean, which one is it? It could be either. How how do we know? We would be updated on it. And it coincides quite coincidentally with uh, America bombing the shit out of Syria and Russian positions. Is this to do with LeBron as well? I mean, do we know where he is right now? Where, what's Putin's stance on LeBron James and zero dark thirty? I mean, I think Putin was a big fan uh, of LeBron until recently. I mean, yeah. like like Putin, LeBron has his naysayers, but he has overwhelming support. Of course. Um, and he's a bit of a strong man. He likes to take all his photos. Also yeah. balding. Both balding. Both take many photos topless on horses. J.R. Smith. Yes, yep. of course. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see whether... I mean, what does this do for LeBron? Doesn't he... Is it just like the thumbs get a bit more sort of um, rest from not sort of texting all the time on social media? I mean, what's the difference here? Well, one of the things that I noticed from LeBron on, on social media is that he really likes to big up uh, other big names from other teams, but never against uh, never against direct opponents, ones that he's played against that day. And so he must be fearful that, you know, if he is to continue to send credit to Steph Curry or James Harden or, you know, Ben Simmons, which he's been known to do in the past, yeah. that he might kind of, you know, help them in their push for this championship. And he sees that as a potential negative. So maybe he's worried that, you know, he might do more harm than good if he's on social media. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it probably is that. He doesn't want to fire anyone up too much. Yeah. Uh, we've seen in the past people like... Steph Curry's wife getting very worked up on social media during the playoffs, yes. going very hard, and maybe he just thinks it's better to, to stay away from all that. Um, and I think that LeBron James does also have a dick pic quota for the year, and Draymond Green exceeded that about 13 games into the season. That's right. And so I think to not go too far beyond the quota, especially for bandwidth reasons, because obviously to get a whole Draymond Green penis into one photo requires a lot of internet download and he's on a quite a LeBron's on a quite a small contract I think only a gig or two a month yeah exactly Yeah, salaries being what they are in the NBA pretty low yes Um, but the other thing I think that's really going to impact the Cavs is the recent news about Tristan Thompson oh yes I think that'll have a a big big impact in the, the playoff push there for the Cleveland Cavaliers so 
obviously he has his love interest in Khloe Kardashian and you might be might be saying how, how how kind of strong is this love well she's eight months pregnant so how strong would you say eight months pregnant is i think that's very love i mean they're committed to each other they've decided yep. they have a child together you know they've made an informed choice it's not just for reality tv reasons no that's exactly right now how would you feel about this if i were to tell you that tristan thompson has confirmed that he has been cheating on chloe kardashian whilst she's been eight months pregnant that's pretty low it is e- pretty low even for tristan thompson <laughs> yeah there is, there is a very low bar that we set for Tristan Thompson, and somehow he has gone underneath that bar. I think our problem here is that we set the standard too high. We did. Alright. We need to readjust for the Kardashian standard, yeah. which we have failed to do. We've gone for the Thompson standard, which somehow... There's one, there's one name that comes underneath the Thompson standard, and that is the Kardashian standard, and we should readjust to make sure that we cater for both parties in this relationship. I mean, I, I feel bad for her. I mean, I understand, you know, being a horse... Chloe Kardashian and be a pregnant yes. horse. It's a wild steed, such as Tristan Thompson. Uh, might have find it difficult to control himself, but that's not on. No, never. You're, pre- you're pregnant, misses. Uh, and how? Any news on how? You know, Chloe Kardashian's taken all of this. Uh, I believe that she has been taking epidurals. I believe for the pain yep. that Tristan Thompson has caused him, and that's all I've heard in terms of reports. Okay, very interesting. Well, I think it'll be. Uh, interesting to see how this impacts the Cavs in the playoff and Tristan mm. Thompson, whether this gives him something to play for. I mean, he's trying to show off these new ladies now on the court. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he's if he's going back into singledom, maybe he's really got to perform well in these playoffs to really kind of, you know, get a, a new boo next to him. Yeah, I mean, down in Indiana, I don't know much about the ladies there. Oh, they're looking fine, believe me. Okay. Well, as the resident single man on this podcast sideline, you would know. Of course, yes. Okay. Um, but I believe there's one other kind of story to this whole Tristan Thompson saga and that is of course with Kevin Hart yes yeah, so Kevin Hart recently who's a renowned basketball fan he's yes. sort of often comes to the dunk contest and makes a nuisance of himself he's there. also been back to back MVP of the NBA. Celebrity All-Star game that's true that is very true that is a feat that not even you or I have ever taken out not back to back not, not back yet. to back not yet uh, but Kevin Hart actually in December came out and acknowledged that he cheated also on his 8 month pregnant wife Ooh. Um, came out and sort of apologised very heavily for that. It, but who did he apologise to? His wife? His lover? Not the, not the wife. Okay. I mean, he he apologised live on the radio whilst promoting that, a new movie. Perfect. So he's nailed it. Yeah, he's absolutely. I mean, if you're going to do a public apology, that's how you do yeah. it. What that's, movie? Uh, I believe it was one of these... Grown Ups 8? No, Jumanji 4. Jumanji 4, okay, yeah. yes. Um, so he came out, but I think it must be that he... As we've talked about before, Kevin Hart trying to emulate an NBA star. Yeah. He's seen Tristan Thompson doing the dirty, and he thinks, well, that's what I've got to do too. Well, if you look at the timeline, it's actually Tristan Thompson that's emulating Kevin Hart, isn't it? That is true. So maybe it is Tristan Thompson that desperately wants to be this actor slash comedian slash all-star MVP, that he's maybe he's going after Kevin Hart, and maybe, maybe the person that Tristan Thompson cheated on was actually Kevin Hart's wife. I mean, this is getting even more salacious and delicious. I think we've unraveled all the stories here. All right. Well, we'll wait for Kevin Hart's representatives to contact us, probably for defamation. Yes. Uh, and we'll see how this story unravels. Maybe Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian's representatives too. Yeah. Yeah. We won't leave anyone out. No, of course not. Um, but saying with the Cleveland Cavaliers, we have seen another billboard. No. Another LeBron billboard. Yes, we have. So, of course, this is related to the Cavaliers' attempt to keep LeBron their next season after yes. enters free agency. Interestingly enough, we still have yet to see a billboard purchased in Cleveland. So obviously a little interest in keeping LeBron in Cleveland because yep. so far we've seen billboards in Los Angeles for of the course. Lakers trying to entice LeBron. We've seen one in Houston. 
We've seen one in Philadelphia. But not in Cleveland. Not in Cleveland, but now we've seen one in New York City. Oh, wow. Yes, exactly. It's That's, spreading far and wide. It certainly is. So I'm not exactly sure who's funded this New York one. I, I assume it was Donald Trump. Um, but that, that, that room is yet to be qualified. What was on this newest billboard? So so previously, in LeBron's previous game in in MSG... Um, Madison Square Garden? Correct, yes. Okay. Not whilst he was having a lovely Chinese food and got, you know, a little bit too much MSG. And, yep. Yeah. Um, so he tweeted, of course, back when he was on Twitter, uh, after the game, claiming that he was the king of New York. Now, this didn't sit well with anyone who is from Manhattan, anyone who plays for the Knicks. Didn't really sit well with many people. Yes, of course. Uh, Especially those who are, you know, Republicans as well. Yes, of course. Yes. That believe in the monarchy. That's exactly right, yes. Yeah. Uh, and also didn't sit well with the actual king himself. But he has yet to come out and respond to any of these comments. Yeah. Um, but then there's, so there's now a billboard somewhere in Manhattan, I'm not exactly sure where, that has a big picture of a crown, it has a picture of LeBron's face, and it says, King of New York, question mark. Prove it. And then hashtag King James NYC 18. Ooh. I mean, it is tempting. There's no news yet about whether these billboards are actually effective at all. Certainly not. Especially to someone like LeBron who flies everywhere. Yes, exactly. Uh, And he's not really renowned for, other than doing his ticket tech like parade after winning mm. the championship isn't really now for hitting the streets no he does sometimes go place to place on his Segway but he's too busy watching the road to actually look at billboards of course yeah of course so I mean, I'm a bit confused about this I reckon mm. they probably need a billboard up in the sky yes there might be some danger there somehow about you know, having these billboards up next to planes but yeah I'm, irrespective I'm sure if you're going to spend your money spend it properly I think yeah absolutely. so I guess we will be able to once LeBron makes his final decision work out how impactful the the all the billboards were because you know we will eventually find out where he ends up mm. but I can pretty pretty confidently say he will not end up in New York I, I would be happy to agree with that assessment yes mainly because their team is an absolute pile of shit yes and also the Ennis Cantor factor the Ennis Cantor factor yes yeah. um, now there's one other matchup sideline in the east that we haven't looked at yet but it's not a it's not a matchup between two eastern conference teams it's a matchup between uh, Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, it certainly is. Not quite a, an all-east matchup, is it? It's no, like East not, versus West. Not really. You might but, say. But um, do you want to give the rebounders an idea of what this matchup is all about? Yeah. So there are two very strong candidates for Rookie of the Year this year. One being, of course, Ben Simmons, who's had a tremendous year. Uh, you know, averaging a good amount of points every game, whilst very, you know, being very strong in terms of assists and rebounds, particularly for a point guard. So it's been yeah. a very, very impressive rookie campaign, especially considering that. The 76ers have done so well this year. I think finished third in the end in the in the East. That's right. I mean, he's gotten something like 15 to 20 triple doubles for the season, which is Seven. even LeBron didn't do anything like that. It's yeah. I think it's probably the best for any rookie ever. Yes, I'm not quite sure about that. So I think it it's is, second best, but regardless, yeah, still very good. Pretty pretty amazing. And then we have Donovan Mitchell. Yes, of course. So he's he's also had a very good season for the Utah Jazz. So the Utah Jazz have finished very strong. They've won 31 of the last 39 games. Yeah. So mid-season, we're looking a little bit iffy for the playoffs, but then really consolidated that with a great second half of the season. So really good after the All-Star break. Donovan Mitchell has been very good. Over that time, also broke the NBA's record for most three-pointers made by a rookie. Uh, but the other thing that he's really tried to emphasize lately is the definition of a rookie. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, a weak argument. So the argument that Donovan Mitchell has been coming out with is that rookie is defined as a person who's in his first year of the NBA or first year of his professional playing career. Yes. Which 
Simmons technically is not because Simmons was injured. He was sorry. Simmons has been in the league for two seasons now. Yeah. But his first season, he didn't play a single game, a single minute because he was injured the entire time. Yeah, exactly right. What are your thoughts, Sideline? Do you think there's some merit in this argument, or do you think it's a bit pathetic? I think it's meritless. Okay. So I think basically there there are always definitions around these so that they know who is eligible for the these awards, and of course. Given that Ben Simmons played no minutes last year, I think that exactly makes him a rookie. I think there's no other way to define this, you know, his season. And so I think that despite the fact that Donovan Mitchell's been wearing these sweatshirts with saying rookie question mark and having definitions of rookie. Yeah, this jumpers where it's got the definition on there. I mean, it, that is a bit, I think, a bit low. Very low. Yes. Um, but what do, you, what do you say to those people that say, well, Simmons has had an opportunity to sit on the sideline for a year, watch sort of how the NBA develops, watch his teammates get used to the playbooks, things like that. Uh, I don't care for those arguments. Okay, neither do I. Good. Uh, probably the person who's had the best um, point on this entire argument has been Blake Griffin. Ooh, what did Blake have to say? Um, so Blake came out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Blake, of course, who had a similar thing where uh, 12 years ago, or sorry, I think it was 10 years ago when he won Rookie of the Year, it was in his second campaign because he'd been injured. Yep. And he came out and said... Come on, bro. It was 10 years ago. Get over it. Very good, Blake. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say, since he's been in Detroit, his comedy game's probably stepped up a notch. Oh, definitely. Not a lot else to do there. No, you really have to counter all the depression and all the suicide and all the homicide around you. Yes. Yes, of course. And so, how else do you do that? But funny little tweets. Of course. Well done, Blake. Well done to you, Blake. I I really enjoyed it. Mm. So, shall we look at some of the Western Conference matchups? I think we should. So, look, let's start with... The Spurs versus the Warriors. We've seen one game already, and it was a bit of a blowout, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty pathetic. I, I mean, I thought that the Spurs had put up a bit of a fight. I mean, they've got uh, an amazing coach in Greg Popovich who keeps them contending no matter what, even yes. with Kawhi Leonard out. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be a blowout. I agree. Do you think we'll see Kawhi at all these playoffs? He has been cleared to play by doctors, but that was some weeks ago, and he hasn't yet taken the court. So I don't think we'll see him take the floor, and I think we won't even see him at, at the game. So today, the first game, he wasn't even on the court watching the team and supporting them. Yeah. He was nowhere to be seen. What's he doing? What's he doing these days? I All his spare time. I, I don't really know. I think he's probably just on NBA 2K, playing video games, watching himself You know, hit the game winner every I'd time. I'd like to think he was playing last year's version, because obviously that's when he was good and he was actually relevant. Yeah. I would hate to think that he was playing the, the current version of the game and would find himself constantly being... You know, sitting on the bench. Pathetic. Pathetic. Um, so I think there's not really much of a matchup there. I think the Warriors are going to win it in four or five games. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, moving on then, I think to one of the more interesting ones is the Pelicans and Portland. It certainly is interesting. Uh, not just for the alliteration either. No, not at all. Uh, mainly because it looks like it'll be a very close matchup. We saw a two-point victory for the Portland Trailblazers today. Started off with... A two-point loss for Portland. Uh, correct, yeah, sorry. Yes, sorry. Uh, started off with an atrocious first half for Portland, uh, where their two probably go-to players, McCollum and Lillard, shot one for 15 between them, equating to three points. When we half. call those, those are Pedram stats. They are Pedram stats. Uh, yeah, look, it was a pretty atrocious one, particularly for McCollum, who went, I think, we went over from the field and also just was just throwing up prayers the whole game. Nothing looked like it was going to ever drop. And then, yeah, at the same time, you just had Davis cleaning up all the boards the whole time, so his teammates weren't able to kind of capitalise on his misses either. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that Portland are going are gonna to win this series. I think this is a, it was a terrible showing today. It's obviously going to prompt uh, Terry Scott Stotts to institute some changes. They need to really pass the ball, get some other people involved. But yeah. I think 
New Orleans, they've got some great pieces in there, but they just don't have enough behind Davis. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that Portland will come back and win, especially because they did show a lot in that second half of the game after being down a lot in the first half yeah. to tie it up at one stage. Um, yeah, and I think the Pelicans will just, well, mainly Davis will get a little bit too fatigued in a seven-game series just with you know his just, whole team. Just too much, and especially with Davis having a... So he pretended... Uh, a week and a half ago on April Fool's to oh, shave off his monobrow. He did. And it tricked us all. It did, especially because he looked a lot more handsome. He looked a lot better, significantly so. Yes. Uh, but then chose for it just to be a trick. Yeah. And he's come back, but it's probably a good thing. I mean, if you're very superstitious NBA players, I would have been concerned if he'd gotten rid of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he would have collapsed in injury had... Had the monobrow gone, because I feel like that is the one bit of glue that is holding his body together, because otherwise it's just a lot of strapping tape and a lot of other p- parts that the team physios are using, which are only just getting him in the quarter of a game. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, as we said, I think we both agree, we think Portland mm. are going to come through there. Now, speaking of injuries in the West, now this was a game that happened right at the end of the regular season, the... Always big time matchup between the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. A game that we always look forward to every season. I mean, it is the the tantalising finish, the dessert yes. as it was to the NBA season. Certainly, it is. When you when you talk about all time rivalries, this is where your mind immediately goes. Yeah. Now it was a bit of a shame because both teams had a few injuries. Do you care? Do you care to listen to the injury list for going into the game? The players that were ruled out before the game started. I would like to hear this. So the Suns were without Devin Booker, Alan Williams, Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris. Troy Daniels, Alfred Payton, TJ Warren, Tyson Chandler, Isaiah Cannon, and Brandon Knight. So based on my calculations, that mean they had on the floor Go the Gorilla <laughs> and two people from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a raffle before the game, which you know the winner would then get to play the game. Yep. Then, of course, the Mavs were without Harrison Barnes, Doug McDermott, Dirk Nowitzki, JJ Barea, Wes Matthews, and Seth Curry. Did they have Dirk? Uh, no, Dirk was one of the ones I just mentioned there. Okay, so Dirk was out as well. Yes. Okay, so it was. It looks like they've taken tanking then to a whole new extreme. Absolutely, they have. It was. It was outrageous how many players weren't taking the court. Um, I was almost a little bit embarrassed for both teams and the coaches and the team mascots that did actually have to play. Yeah, I mean that is that is pretty piss poor. But I suppose given how poorly the Suns and the Mavs have been playing this season, not having any of their regular players probably made them better. Yeah, it was the best game either franchise played all season, which was the most mind-boggling part of it all. Out, just outrageous. Uh, so I think that, at least for the Suns, I'm not sure about the Mavs, but the Suns will certainly look to recruit. I have a TV series in the off-season where all their fans get to try it for the team. The best seven players will make the squad, and I can only see good things here from for the Suns. Does that mean the offensive rebound is going to Phoenix to try out the team? Oh yeah, I've booked tickets. Surprise. Okay. Excellent, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then finally, just wrapping up the Western Conference then sideline, we've got two other matchups to we've, discuss. Yeah, so we've got the Utah Jazz, who we've touched on a little bit with the Donovan Mitchell saga, yep. and they're facing up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So for me, this is probably the most tantalising of all of the matchups. It is just, I mean, it, it is a big, big delicious something in your mouth. It's very juicy. It is a juicy, moist uh Whatever. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be a very close series. I've got the Jazz winning it, but I think it could go to seven games. Look, I feel exactly the same way as you do. I do think the Jazz will get up. Their you know second half of the season form has been fantastic, but so is Oklahoma City. Uh, one thing that I just don't know how to impact the game is Westbrook's love for stat lines. 
So particularly in the regular season. So if he can kind of move on in the postseason and look to just win games, then I think that really helps Oklahoma City. But if he's really focused on... That's a big change. It is a big change. Moving from stat lines to winning games. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't see it happening, but it is possible because... Did you did you kind of see the stat line for Russell Westbrook going into the last game of the season? I didn't see it, but I understand the context. This was Russell Westbrook needed to, I think, get quite a number, certain number of rebounds to average a triple double throughout the season. He needed sixteen rebounds for the game to make it a triple double for the season. That would mean that he would have a career high in rebounds for okay. one game. At halftime, Westbrook had one point, twelve assists. And 12 rebounds. He'd already equaled his career high for rebounds in one half of basketball. Okay. And how did he end? And then he eventually finished with 20 rebounds, 19 assists, and 6 points. Wow. So it was him just becoming excellent in rebounding in just one game? You already thought he was excellent, and he got even better. Mainly because it appeared that he tied his teammates' hands behind their back to prevent them prevent them from getting rebounds. He then untied, obviously, as they went up the court, so then mainly Paul George could shoot. Paul George had, I think, his highest scoring performance for the season, mainly because Westbrook refused to shoot. He was standing underneath the offensive offensive board to get rebounds there and then running back to the other end to get rebounds there. And eventually, once he amassed uh, the 16 rebounds, he decided that he would take the odd shot here and there. But okay. I mean, it is pretty ridiculous. It, it, it makes is. a bit of a mockery of what these stats are meant to convey rather than just being, you know, efficient hunting for no particular purpose. I agree, yes. And it, look, actually, Camelo came out before the game, Camelo obviously being Westbrook's teammate, yep. saying that Westbrook does insti- in fact steal rebounds from his teammates. He said that. He did say that, but he, he tried to defend it by saying it's a good thing because he's the fastest player on our team, so it pushes that fast break. Okay. So we, we allow him to steal from us, basically. So it's it's a bit of a Robin Hood situation, you know. Steal from the rich, give to the poor, I think. But Westbrook is very... I think he has the best contract in the NBA. Oh, yeah, he does. In so, fact, all the NBA players are very rich. This is not a Robin Hood situation whatsoever. This is horseshit. Yes, it is. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how this impacts then that matchup between the Jazz and OKC. Yes. My biggest concern, I think, is that at this time of the season... Carmelo Anthony is now made the playoffs for the first time, I think, in six or seven years. Yes. And, of course, Carmelo Anthony has probably the dumbest celebration in the NBA when he hits a three. It is pretty dumb. It's where, if rebounders aren't aware, he taps his head with three fingers uh, three times to indicate that he's hit a three. Is uh, that for the scorers in case they lost count? I, th- I think it is. Um, unfortunately, it does take a bit of a toll, so it's sort of a mild form of concussion that develops over the course of the season. Does which- this... Does this explain his significant drop in performance over the last seven seasons? I think it might. Um, usually, though, he holds up pretty well for 82 games. Okay. But when you're making Ooh. the playoffs, though, you've got this extra extra, extra tap. Yeah, it's really going to take a, a hit. This is an unknown because he hasn't played the playoffs in such a long time. Obviously, playing in New York and yeah. playing for such horrible teams and then obviously playing so inefficiently as well at the same time. So I'm really bemused about what's going to happen here, mm. whether he's going to... We have to see some weird personality changes, perhaps. Yeah. Or maybe he'll become an unselfish player. Perhaps. Well, the NBA is really cutting, you know, kind of knuckling down on concussions these days. You hear players are out for multiple games with concussions. Not like it used to be in the, the good old days where players just... Take an up. elbow and keep soldiering on like a man. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So... So I think this is a real opportunity for Camelo to prove that he is a man. Yeah. And play despite his own own you know his 